Welcome to The Legal Lunch, the legal and business podcast where we talk to the people behind the brand. We look at who they are, why they do what they do, and what makes them tick. I'm your host, Porik Grennan. Thanks for listening. Gary Lee, thanks for joining me on The Legal Lunch. Delighted to, Porik. How are things in Ballymun? Things in Ballymun um, are mixed, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of challenges for 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 people in the in the Ballymun area, um, you know, particularly in recent years, um, but particularly so over the last uh, few months uh, with uh, with COVID. Yeah, I'm sure it's been rough on a lot of households around the area, for sure. Very difficult, um, and uh, access to justice has uh, has always been um, a difficulty, um, generally, um, for people that don't have access to resources. Um, but over the last uh, few months, in particular, uh, it has been worsened. It, 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 worsened for sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Before we get into all of that, let's just give our listeners a bit of a backdrop about yourself. Um, we want to talk about your education and your career to date. Before this, you, it, everything led you to Ballymun. So you went to Gonzaga. You're from Kildare. And you went to Gonzaga, is that, is that the case? That's right, yeah. Um, so uh, I went to school um, originally in Kildare Town um, and uh, came up then, finished off my education in Dublin um, in uh, Gonzaga College. So um, yeah, I was educated by the De La Salle brothers down in Kildare and then by the uh, Jesuits um, in, uh, in, in Dublin. I've heard about the whole ethos of the Jesuits. Um, Obviously, it seems to have paid off with you. It's carried through in terms of, of that whole ethos, the way they approach education. Yeah, well, certainly. I mean, they, they, they talk of, uh, and I'm not talking about myself here, but it's generally, yeah, yeah. They, they talk about, um, you know, a, 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 a man for others. Um, and uh, the, it's the whole the, the social justice, really, would be, would, would be at, at the heart as well of, uh, of, of uh, the Jesuit ethos. Um, so yeah, I would I would have been greatly uh, influenced by that. Um, I would have had a, a long family tradition anyway. Um, you know, my father, my, my grandfather, and going back going even back. even further than that. Um, so were they all lawyers? Uh, no, no, they were army people. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, army army officers, um, and uh, so come from a a military uh, a military background. Sure, um, and. Uh, Served myself in, in in did a bit of um, um, bit of marching up and down in in on Force Cousin which is now the the, the Reserve Defence Forces, um, which um, yeah I think w- w- which served to shape me as well in in, sure. in, in ways you know of, of course yeah. so your your father your grandfather they were all um, educated with Jesuits as well as they, they yeah. were yeah yeah so the family would have had. Um, Father being an exception, but the, my, my family would have had a, a long association with Belvedere College. Um, okay. So when we moved up to uh, to Dublin, um, it was uh, probably <laughs> I, I think it was assumed that that it probably go to Belvedere, but we were in Rathmines and close enough to Gonzaga College. And uh, Father Barber would have uh, would have been known to to, to the family. So um, he was the. The, the principal, the yeah. principal in, in in Gonzaga at the time, so I ended up uh, going there, yeah, going there. and uh, made some great friends there. Um, fantastic, yeah, fantastic teachers, um, and um, yeah, so yeah, sounds good. Still, sounds still good. in touch with uh, with with with, uh, with some of the some yeah, of the guys I'm sure there's great camaraderie with with a lot of your your former um, pupils at at school. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of them ended up in, in the law as well. Right. Yeah. Okay, very good. So when you left there, uh, just the notes you've sent me, you went straight, you did law in UCD, and from there you went straight into Black Hall. Yeah, um, I, I, went, I went to UCD. Um, I had probably, you know, no real uh, idea as or direction. To, as, to, as to which way I was going to go. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know much about, uh, about the, the, the law before, before I went in there, but looking at the courses, it was something that, yeah, that, that interested me. Um, and uh, I suppose from an early stage, I looked at the, at the human rights aspects uh, of um, of the of the law, um, and uh, yeah, so I ended up going to going to UCD. Um, great, great memories there. Sure, made uh, lifelong friends. What year uh, in, I went to UCD the, myself? What year? Yeah, well, I I finished in ninety one. Ninety one. Uh, so nearly near, nearly thirty years. Uh, yeah, you might be a, a year or two older than me. <laughs> 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 we won't go into that subject. <laughs> So, okay, so from there, let's talk about the different firms. I know you set up your own firm eventually. Um, you, different firms you worked with around well, town. Well, I was very lucky um, to get an apprenticeship with uh, J.G. O'Connor um, solicitors down in Clare Street. Um, and uh, O'Connor solicitors are, are, are still there. Still on the go. Um, they, they certainly are. Um, I just want to mention John, John O'Connor Sr., uh, who passed, who passed away uh, that, yeah. uh, recently. Um, and um, um, Mr. O'Connor was uh, he, he would have had a lot of time uh, for 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 younger younger solicitors, uh, younger apprentices, and uh, and certainly he he was generous with with um, with his knowledge. Uh, I actually apprenticed for his um, brother uh, Philip, um, and um, yep. Yeah, so that's that's who went in there. They had. The O'Connors were 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 a really really good firm to work for. There weren't too many. I think there was there was about fifteen or sixteen solicitors there, and there were only three apprentices. Um, so we got a very good broad um, uh, grounding um, there. Okay, very good. Uh, I know the firm. I was in with them um, before COVID kicked off. Actually, I met with probably, probably is Philip still there. Uh, no, Philip's not. You, probably, you might have met with John or George. I think or, jo- John, yeah. Yeah, think yeah, John, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So from there, how long did you do there? And you moved on to... So, I, yeah, I was there for, for three years. And uh, then uh, Philip, um, uh, Mr. O'Connor, um, Philip Sr., um, moved on to uh, Whitney Moore Keller, as it was then. Um, and uh, I went along with him. I just, I just qualified as a solicitor at that stage. Okay. Um, and... Um, Doing, doing commercial work. Right. Commercial work, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other end of the spectrum so, to what uh, you're doing now. That's it, yeah, yeah. Um as I said, I got a good uh, got a good grounding in in O'Connor's um and I would have done a lot of work with um uh, for I should say Sean Barnacle, uh, the late Sean Barnacle, uh, God rest him. Um and Sean was a was a great litigator um and I learned an awful lot um about uh, litigation from Sean. Um and that probably you know gave my gave me my passion for 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 litigation really and um, that's mainly what I've what I've done over the over the years. Sure. Okay. So then you moved. You set up your own firm in partnership with somebody well, else. Is that? Well, well, yeah. Well, well, I felt I needed a. That was my would have been my my ultimate goal. So um, 
but I felt I, I needed a bit more experience. Um, so I went to O'Hagan Ward um, and uh, worked there for, for a few years. Did a bit of probate uh, right. while I was there. I'd be glad to know about <laughs> it. Um, and uh, from there, um, yeah, about, three, about three or four years there, and then I went over and worked. Uh, I needed a bit of district court experience. So I went over and worked with uh, Brian Morton over in Furhouse. Did a lot of district court there. Got a lot of um, a lot of experience uh, on my feet in in court. Um, so um, I, you know, certainly <laughs> certainly uh, not afraid of of talking in court. And I, I one of the one of the things that that sort of um, and I don't the might be a few barristers listening to this, but the message for solicitors is they shouldn't be afraid to uh, to advocate in court. We're entitled to advocate all yeah. the way up to the Supreme Court, which I've had the pleasure of of, of doing it. Um, but um, so I, I I certainly would um, yeah. From there, I nearly lost my, my train of thought there. Uh, yeah, from there I went um, and uh, went into partnership with uh, Declan Brooks um, in Kimmage, um, and I was with. Brooks and Lee for that was our our, our, our partnership for seven eight, seven or eight years. Um, went on went out my own for a couple of years, and uh, then uh, worked with a with a, as a, an in house solicitor for um, a, a national disability organisation. Okay, so I mean, you did say to me um, before we we started um, chatting on air, if you like, um, that kind of social justice was always part of always of, of an interest to you but also always part of what you did um I, i'm curious in terms of the transition from you know the commercial side of things to you know was there a moment in time where you said to yourself look i really want to concentrate this is what i'm passionate about i want to move into this area well i suppose what i wanted to do is get back first of all i wanted to get back into the the more courts-based uh thing um i w- would have I, I like dealing with people. Um, I, sometimes, when you're, you you can be a, a small clog in a in a big machine when you're when you're um, doing commercial work, um, and uh, you know it, it's some people like that, and that's that, and that's fine. Um, but it just wasn't it just wasn't me. I like I, I like getting out there, dealing with people, talking to people, um, and representing people in court. Um, from the social justice aspect, I think, I think a lot of a lot of people, a lot of lawyers, lawyers have a very bad reputation, an undeservedly bad reputation. Mm-hmm. A lot of lawyers get involved in the law um, for, I, I would say, for for altruistic purposes. They they want to help people. Um, whether you're helping people with a commercial contract, whether you're helping people saving them from from eviction um you know it, it, a lot of it, it it's about assisting people so you've got a problem you know you come to your 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 lawyer people turn to lawyers at a at a at a their their darkest during their darkest hours of course um and um you know even 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 those that might be cynical about lawyers you know where will, where will they turn yeah, <laughs> where's the course. first place they'll turn when they get into trouble um, will 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 be to the to, to the lawyers. So I think I think we as a profession have um, a bad reputation. I think that's that's quite um, undeserved. Um, I remember I had a I had one an apprentice uh, once a trainee solicitor as as they call them now, um, and uh, she was great. Um, but she came to me one day and she was you know, she was a bit she was a bit down. 
Um, and uh, we had a chat anyway. She said, look, my friends are slagging me off for being, uh, you know, a, a, a greedy lawyer, you know. Um, I said, okay, right, well, which, is there anyone in particular? So, yeah, there's one, one guy in particular. And uh, so what does he do? Well, he's a, he's a carpenter. I said, right, okay, that's fair enough. You ask him the next time you meet him how many jobs he did for free in the past week. And before you do that, just write down how many times you advised people um, in the past in the past week. You'll probably even tell me now, you know, um, how many times you've, you know, you've taken that telephone call, given people advice, but haven't maybe sent out a, a, a fee note or, or whatever. So she said, right, yeah. Um, and she immediately recalled a, an elderly lady that, <laughs> that was talking to her that morning that was very upset, gave her a bit of advice, advice referred her on to a, a, an organisation. But, um, you know, well, I wonder, would your man have gone around and, and, and hung her door for, for, for free, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, think, I think there is a, there is a bad reputation. I think that, that, that sometimes uh, it, can, it, it, can, it can get people down. But I think, I think people should be, should be proud of the, of the profession, proud of, of the way we, we assist uh, people. And we have a long, uh, rich uh, tradition, um, uh, the, the solicitor's profession, yeah, in terms of doing pro bono work, agreed. And I mean, it's it's become nearly a business strategy, hasn't it, for some of the bigger firms to provide pro bono work now. It's kind of followed on. I read your article in the Gazette um, recently, and it seems to have followed on from the bigger firms, like not just legal firms, but big corporates in the US, that kind of ethos in terms of providing these services pro bono. Yeah, well, in in the, the, there's, a, there's a different... Uh, the, a different way of going about, um, I suppose, charity work uh, in 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 the states. Um, they're far more. I suppose it's part of their 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 culture uh, to be to to be benevolent and to and 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 to um, to to set up trusts and to and to give to 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 charities. We don't really have that same. Even if you look at the UK, there's a lot of a lot of trusts are set up in the UK. In in your own line of of work, um, in the probate uh, sphere, you you know you don't have the same level of uh, of trusts, charitable trusts being set up in Ireland as you would say in in England and Wales. Um, but I think that is beginning to to change here. I think people are beginning to 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 look at that, you know, look at that in 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 a, in, a, in a different light. Um, I think firms, multinational firms that are coming in to do business in Ireland, will will look at the culture of that of the organisations that they're going to do business with. Um, one of the things they're going to look at is, you know, what what are they giving back uh, to to society, um, and if you know, they, I, 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 this is, and it's not, well, I suppose it is anecdotal in that, but, but, but having spoken with, um, with larger firms, with larger multinational firms, people working in, uh, in there, that is a, that is a very real uh, factor. Um, and I think that, um, that the larger firms here, the larger solicitors firms here now are beginning to, to understand that, um, um, that really, uh, if they want to impress on the, the the larger multinational firms, that they can, that if they provide um, pro bono uh, work, um, that that will actually you know 
go towards um, the you know the, the the good offices with uh, with with these with these larger firms, but I also think that there's a desire uh, within within larger firms to to give back, um, and any time I contact and with, there's a there's a number of uh, larger firms now that actually have pro bono um, associates, um, but it's 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 like pushing an open door really if you're going if you're going to not just the larger firms but um, but even but. But any of the firms that really that, that that we that we interact with here, and indeed the the um, sixteen barristers that we have on on our panel, um, it's like pushing an open door really when you're going looking to uh, uh, to colleagues for 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 assistance. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. And as I say, yeah, generally it's it can be it can be the sole practitioner right up to the bigger firms, can't it? That can can help. So. Just on that, I mean, obviously, I'm keen to, to discuss uh, your setup here. We're in Ballymun as we speak. Um, the Ballymun Community Law Centre, um, on that note in terms of pro bono work, how, how are you guys funded? Well, we get our, our main funding comes through the Ballymun Regeneration Fund. Um, and that's now administered through uh, Dublin City Council. Um, and we're also fortunate enough to uh, receive um, funding Um from solicitors um, through the the practicing certificate, so uh, solicitors will 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 have a number of boxes on their practicing certificate that they can tick. Um, if they tick the box um, beside the community law centres, um, fifteen euro of um, uh, it enables them to to donate basically 15, 15 euro um, to uh, to to the independent uh, law centres. So uh, that's how we that's how we get our our, our funding uh, our funding here primarily. Unfortunately, the uh, the regeneration fund um, has uh, suffered some severe uh, cutbacks uh, over the years. Um, about four, maybe four, four, maybe five years ago now, we received a twenty percent cut. Um, a lot of organisations around here um, had their budget taken away altogether. Um, which has had some serious knock-on effects as well for the for, for, for the area around here. Sure. So so do law firms, other than providing pro bono work, do they make physical financial contributions? No, well, not 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 the individual uh, law firms. Um, and uh, um, no, what what um, what they would do, they would provide resources to us in terms of um, in terms of time, sure, <laughs> and expertise. Um, so that's what we that, that's what we look for. So we look to partner up with uh, with um, with firms, um, and uh, and again the same with uh, with barristers. Um, they give they give off their they give off their time, uh, which for us as a as a very small resourced challenged organisation is very is 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 very beneficial. Um, it enables us to take on um, more cases than we could do so normally um but um the sort of the sort of people that we we would act for here the clients that we would they would we would act for here um a lot of the times would be you know would be described as maybe vulnerable people 70 percent of our people would be of our clients would be people with with disabilities which is an incredible number when you think about just over thirteen percent of the country has a, has a disability. Yet, yet seventy percent of the people that um, avail of the services in um, in the from from the Ballymun Law Centre uh, are people with uh, with disabilities. In terms of your workload, 
I mean, how are you guys managing your workload? Do you have enough resources? Are you under-resourced or could you use more solicitors and barristers coming on or how are you fixed at the moment? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we could definitely use more in terms of, of support, support, support staff. Yeah, I mean, we, we it can be very hard not to be able to assist all the people that would, that would contact us. Um, we would provide... Um, legal advice for around about 450 500 people a year um that's probably uh, a smaller a much smaller number than probably uh, is is out there in terms of in in terms of people requiring assistance um access to justice is a is a major problem in in, in Ireland generally um, it's expensive uh, to go to to go to court, but typically the sort of clients that we would have here um, would would be you know, having difficulties in their interactions with, between themselves and the state. So a lot of the times it's the state that would be in our in our in our crosshairs. The courts have been um, you know it's been a very challenging time for 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 the for the courts. Um, they haven't been able to work anywhere near capacity in the last in, in the last few months. Um, the Workplace Relations Commission, which also not only deals with with, with employment cases but also deals with uh, discrimination cases, we would um, we we would deal with quite a few discrimination cases as well. They've been effectively closed more or less uh, since the the out the, since since the outbreak of of COVID. Um, they've They've opened up um, in the last few weeks, um, but but if but that has put a lot of pressure on on the system as well. There's going to be a big backlog in terms of in terms of cases, um, and uh, so so I think I think COVID has it's definitely exacerbated um, difficulties for people. Uh, the one thing that did surprise us. Uh, was the the level of employment law queries that um, that we get here? Typically, we would deal with um, social welfare um, matters, social welfare appeals, um, housing um, housing law, um, mental health law, disability discrimination. Um, we would have some employment, but not a huge amount of employment queries. But over the past few months, we've been getting an awful lot more um, employment law related uh, queries. Um, so people, you know, might be reliant upon um, you know relatively small amounts of of, uh, of 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 money in the big scheme of things, in terms of maybe their employment topping up their um, their their social their their, their social welfare, um, and that work just just has 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 dried up for 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 people. Now, conversely, some people have done well in that they've they, they've had a top their their payments topped up to 350 euro um but we're also finding as well is that people have been un, are being unfairly uh targeted as well in terms you know in in terms of their actual jobs so there's you know there's maybe restructuring going on and people are being are being sidelined a bit or people aren't being accommodated uh, people with disabilities aren't being accommodated in the way they perhaps should. Um, you know, one thing that COVID has has shown us is that we have the ability to adapt. Um, we can work remotely. 
uh, we, you know, by and large, you can work effectively and efficiently uh, remotely. Um, a lot of people with disabilities um, can work remotely as well. Um, technology can assist uh, can assist them greatly in terms of in terms of uh, working remotely. Um, uh, but there seems to be undue pressure in some areas for people to return to the the, the work uh, the, the workplace. Certainly, when when um, situation lifted for for a while in Dublin, I know Dublin is, is under a lockdown again. But um, people, you know, some people were put under undue pressure to come back into the into the workplace. Yeah, um, people with disabilities, um, and uh, some people were afraid. Vulnerable, vulnerable people, yeah, exactly, yeah. and uh, and they were, you know, they were, they were basically being told, you know, come back to work, or we're going to give your hours to somebody else, you know. Yeah. Um, so we've had a lot of that sort of um, th- those sort of queries um, coming in coming into us over the over the past few few months, um, and people just af- afraid as well to go back to work. I mean, uh, you know, if you know, if I have a condition and if I get COVID, then I'm I'm going, you know, yet I've I've shown. I can work equally as effectively. Able to work perfectly at home, um, achieving the targets that I was achieving. Some cases doing better, um, yet my employer is putting me under pressure to come back into work. And you know why? Why is that? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned there just you know the I suppose support staff. Do you get support from support staff? from firms, you know, from legal firms? Is that something that you've ever looked at or, or would be beneficial? Like, do you have, okay, you've got your pro bono work from lawyers, but those support staff in these law firms, is there ever a case where those people could come and give their time to you as well? Well, I know what's happened is that, um, you know, solicitors can be seconded from uh, from from law, from law firms. So, so, and we're certainly looking into, looking into that. Um, there, some of the some of the larger law firms have programs where they'll um, where, where they they'll they'll basically second somebody to uh, to an organisation such as ours, um, whilst they're waiting for their traineeship uh, to to start. Um, so that that is an area that we're that we're that we're also yeah that we're that we're looking at for for sure. Um, and again, we've got yeah we've got got some good feedback, but. Uh, Unfortunately, COVID has has come in the in the middle of it all, yeah. which has thrown a small bit of a, a spanner into the in, in, into the works in in relation to in relation to that. We we'd, we'd often get um, queries um, from nationally around the country, um, and what I would do because people have nowhere to turn basically, so they're they they have an urgent matter, they have no funds, they mightn't might know any solicitors. Um, and uh, they'll they'll try and maybe and get in touch with with um, with the legal aid board or or, or some organisation and then told to fill out a, an application form or whatever and you're, you're not they're not getting that advice uh, straight off the 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 the, the, the cuff. Um, so a lot of times we'll we'll be getting calls from 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 around the country and we say well and. Um, if we happen to if we happen to to know uh, of somebody in in the area that might be able to to help them, then we might be able to re- you know refer them and say, well, look, um, you know, have you you know maybe, maybe you, you might get in touch with this this firm or that firm, 
Um, so how does that happen? Uh, Somebody just finds you online or something and calls up. Is that yeah, yeah, that's the, the, yeah, that's that's basically the the, the way it works. Um, they, you know, they'll 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 Google it um, uh, and they'll they'll see Ballymun Ballymun Law Centre. Um, but it, it is amazing. You, you know, we will get calls from 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 around the country. People are desperate. Um, a lot of times as well. Um, the you know, clients that are that contact us um just want to we want to have somebody to listen to them and listen to the grievance that they have so you you have to give them that space as well so you have to you have to let them let them talk maybe the, you mightn't have that luxury um with you know if if you're if you're trying to get people in and out in 10 or 15 minutes um, whereas, you know, I I somebody somebody in recently, and they came in to me, um, in relation to to uh, what was ostensibly a, a housing matter, um, and uh, I discussed that. I said, well, look, there's really little that I can do here, and but as we were talking further and further and further, um, along, um, it became. More about uh, you know about more more sensitive matters and um, and yeah there was issues around with where, where Tusla um, were were involved um, and um, so so you can actually you can actually talk, people might come into you with with one one issue with one issue but they mightn't realize that there's a legal avenue open to them in relation to another issue. That they could have solved the first issue or helped towards the yeah, 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 and and that happens quite a lot uh, here. You know, I'm surprised you'd be surprised about that. I'm here. I'm only here in Ballymun about three years, but but that's one of the that's one of the things that has surprised me. People will come in with with one issue, but as you talk to them, you say, well, you know, you actually have. You know, we may have a case here. You may have, you know, you you you, you may have a have a have a right to further to to pursue this further. Um, or let me um, let me send out a a, a, um, a data protection uh, request here in relation to this, um, and uh, you know a lot of people mightn't have you know <laughs> in the profession we're all familiar with with GDPR and uh, freedom of information and all that, but a lot of people aren't and they've no idea about it. So the community says, okay, let me see what's going on and say, well, you know, such and such an organization, and a lot of times it tends to be a state agency. They're they're not giving me my information. They're not so okay, well well we you're entitled to that. Um let's let's write away for it. Um and um and you'll you know you get something in and sometimes there is a bit of of of, of, of smoke there, you know, and you can see um, you know, you can see how people have been have been have been treated uh, within the system. And then you can do something um, for them um, in in in, re- in relation to that. Um, some of some of our clients as well would have you know would ha- would have vulnerabilities that they you know they might need to be assisted by other people as well um, in terms of 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 advocates. So um, we would refer people to the National Advocacy Service for for people with disabilities. A lot of people um, that 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 find their way to us um, may have difficulties in terms of accessing healthcare or accessing supports to enable them to live um, at home. 
um, and um, you know we can point them maybe in the direction of other other services that might be able to assist them um, in relation to that. But during the COVID crisis, um, we've we've seen the level of those sort of what I would call non-legal queries uh, rising an awful lot because organizations haven't, a lot of organizations haven't been able to um, either adapt their, their workings um, or their resources to, to, remote, uh, to remote working. Um, so people are finding it more difficult to access uh, to, to access services. So they're they're coming here to the law centre. They're they're contacting us, and then we're sort of um, um, you know, directing them to, to one to, to one place or another. Sure, it's the difference, really, isn't it? That the fact that when you mention the time you can put into speaking to somebody, the softer skills, like if you're working in a corporate environment. You just don't have that time. It's as you say, in and out, and you're kind of pushing on to the next client. But yeah, yeah, and well, it, and it's it's really to know what questions to ask as well um, of, of people, um, and sometimes people, if they're in a you know if if they're in a vulnerable position, if they have a you know they you know if they if they've maybe mental health difficulties, um, you know, just because you have mental health difficulties doesn't mean that you shouldn't have access to justice. Of course. Um, and, you know, a lot of times people people say with mental health um, uh, difficulties might be getting fobbed off by, by I'm not going to be naming state agencies, but, but, but their interaction generally with, uh, with, with, state, with, with state agencies. Um, I, and I, I think it's really about get, get, getting to the the nub of 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 the issues that that people that people have, um, and listening listening to people and giving people a bit of time, a bit of a, a bit of space, um, and sometimes people might require supports to 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 do that. So there is a there is a difference um, between you know making an, a, a, an assumption that people that, that, that people are coming from maybe the same, the same understanding as you're, as you're coming from, whereas they, they may not be, and they may just need those additional, additional supports, additional, uh, additional uh, help and assistance in terms of, of getting to the nub of their legal issues and in terms of getting instructions um, from them as well. Um, one of the very disappointing things uh, is that the the Assisted Decision Making Capacity Act still hasn't been fully commenced. Um, now that was a that that was um, an act that was passed five years ago, um, and it was basically to phase out the um, the, the wards the the, the wards, wards of court yeah. system, which is under the eighteen seventy one lunacy regulations. I mean, it's it, it's unbelievable. That that 150 years later, we're still um, uh, using that um, that legislation, which is completely unfit uh, for purpose. We should be looking at the will and preferences of people. Um, people should be first. We should be assisting them in making their decisions. And I've just recently found out that the decision support service um, is not going to be resourced um, on uh, adequately until 2022. Um, and that's very disappointing, um, especially coming out of the the, the you know our, hopefully we'll be coming out of the COVID crisis some, at, at, at some stage. But the, if the COVID crisis has taught us anything, it's that 
we can't really be, we shouldn't be warehousing people in institutions, in nursing homes. Um, we should be enabling people where possible to live at home, providing supports for people to, to, to live at home. But we should also be enabling people to decide and choose about how they live their lives. And this is a key piece of legislation that would, that would enable that um, or go substantially uh, along the road to en enabling that rather than having to make people wards of, of court. Um, and then, you know, your, 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 your life is basically then in the hands of the, of, of the courts. I mean, it's a ridiculous um, system and a ridiculous uh, situation that we, that, that, that we find ourselves in, in, in the moment, at, at, at the moment. Um, and the numbers of people that would be, that would be vulnerable um, that we would come across here in Ballymun um, are very high. As I said, 70% yeah. of people um, that, would, that, that, that would contact our services would be classified as, as vulnerable people. Um, and they're not getting the support from the state that they, that they should be getting. And in fact, a lot of the time, it's the state that's the, that's the aggressor yeah. um, in, in the situation. You know, I've, I've had cases of... Um, uh, we, we spoke briefly about the about the, the you know, for example the the, the topic resources being being taken out. The Garda station here in Ballymun, they had thirteen um, community liaison guards um, up to about four or five years ago, and the cutbacks have resulted. There's about six, and I could be wrong, six or seven. Uh, community guards, but there's been more than a 50% uh, cut in that. Public health nursing, um, again, the public health um, nurses in this area are under severe pressure. They just don't have the, the, the numbers uh, of, of public health nursing to, 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 deal, to deal with uh, with people. And these are quite often first points of contact yep. um, for, 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 for vulnerable people. Um, so... So I mean, I had a situation, and I've had this a couple of times, where um, people who have been, you know, described as re recovering drug addicts, um, are being, you know, they might be, they might have been off uh, the drugs and on and on methadone for maybe two or three years and doing well, but are being squeezed out either of their private rented accommodation or indeed their their local authority um accommodate, uh, accommodation um for 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 whatever reason um but there doesn't seem to be joint up thinking um and quite often the, the these very very vulnerable people are the ones that are supposed to be the conduit between between all the organizations so they have to they're the ones that have to um, coordinate the HSE uh, with the with the, the local authority, maybe in terms of housing, um, or uh, get, getting um, getting their social social welfare benefits. So the 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 burden is placed on the individual who might be a very very vulnerable person, and no proper assistance is is put is is put into in, into place there, and then. The system itself um, can end up then, um, in 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 a way. I mean, I, I, in in a way, it is it, it, it's abusing the human rights of 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 <laughs> fundamental human rights of of people. 
Um, we've dealt with a number of situations where people have been have been evicted, um, and basically put out onto the onto the streets. They haven't they and and, and they haven't known that they've had <laughs> they've had a, a, a right yeah, yeah a right to go to the R uh, the RTV, RTV or um, or maybe a right to go straight into into court, which is what we we we've had to do on uh, on occasion. Um, so really, from the from 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 the point of view of, uh, particularly over the past the, the past several months, it has been very very challenging. But it's that it's that taking away of the resources. We discussed um, earlier about about the Ballymun Regeneration Fund. A lot of the Ballymun uh, uh, the organisations that were um, funded by the re, by the Regeneration Fund lost their funding, which about five years ago. Um, meaning that they had to close, meaning that the services that they were providing um, for the people in the area um, were taken away from the people in the in the area, um, and you know, and then I mean, it, it, is there any wonder then that we have difficulties in terms of of rising crime uh, um, around here? Um, you know, I mean, I can't I I can't understand. The logic, uh, because economically it, it doesn't make sense uh, to withdraw supports from from a vulnerable um, community, um, and then sort of sit back and watch as that community perhaps disintegrates again. And there are, there are fantastic community activists in in, in Ballymun. Um, there are, there are some fan- absolutely fantastic people um, that I've I've come across over the over the last uh, few years. Uh, but they need resources. They need they need resources, and if those resources aren't made available, they ultimately not only the immediate community here will 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 suffer, but 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 as a as a nation, we 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 suffer we suffer as well. Um, so um, both um, both both in terms of of morally, in terms of but but also in terms of econ- economics. Um, ultimately, it's a it's a more expensive option not to put in. Those uh, those, those support, support services. Just in terms of you know the vulnerable people that are out there, they mightn't have access. I suppose there's not too many people don't have access to the internet these these days. But you know, how do you raise awareness around here? Is it common knowledge that you're here? You're kind of tucked away a little bit down here. Uh, how do you raise awareness? You're ref- people who come through your door. Are they mostly referrals? Or yeah, yeah. So a, a, a lot of people. So a lot of people would. Um, would know us through through referrals because we're here we're here 20, 20 years, um, that's that, that's the one thing. So word word of mouth, um, again, a lot of the organisations would be aware of it, would be aware of us here, and they would refer their their clients onto us as well if if a, if a legal issue um, cropped up. We also, and unfortunately, COVID has put a stop to this. But every Tuesday we had um, an outreach clinic, um, so we'd go out into the community, we'd sit in the in the library. Are in the sports centre or in the local empl- employment um, enterprise. We actually go out into the community, the family resource centre, um, and we we set up a clinic for a few hours um, every Tuesday morning, and people can just drop in, uh, drop into that. Um, and again, that's another that's another way that 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 people uh, that, that people plug in uh, plug in with us. Um, so um, yeah, but unfortunately, the co- COVID uh, has meant that we've had to stop. 
um, those uh, those drop-in clinics. So so now we're it's 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 a telephone service. Sure, uh, sure. That, that we're we're offering. Yeah. Do, do, do you, is the office manned here in terms of calls, incoming calls, or what? Yeah, way do you yeah, get? yeah. So yeah. so it's manned now. Um, we're 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 mainly working remotely. We had a, a plan to come back into the office. Dublin has, unfortunately. Has locked down basically again, gone up to level three. Um, so um, so we we are we are coming into we we are working. Um, if anybody phones us at the at uh, in the office, um, they if if they don't get in touch with us immediately, we'll, we 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 will phone them back. Um, so we're still we're ver- still very much um, open open for business. Um, and um, I, I see clients. Uh, I see clients here with various protocols put in place. Um, uh, we've questionnaires that go out to to the, the usual COVID um, precautions qu- questionnaires going out going out to people. We ventilate the uh, the office here. Um, we ask people to wear face masks. Um, so we've we've you know we're we're trying to make this environment as safe as we can for 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 people. Um, Again, you know there are a lot of people that that have that have disabilities and vulnerabilities that may not be able to um, even access our services now because they're not getting the supports that they had uh, pre-COVID. So, in terms of you know the day-to-day activities here and the kind of cases you deal with, can you give us a couple of examples of what you yourself or your colleagues would have to handle? Yeah, well, Porig, um So, a lot of times we w- we would be looking at at housing uh, cases, uh, social welfare, um, employment, uh, discrimination, consumer cases. Um, the sort of cases that we deal with here would be cases where people wouldn't be entitled to get um, legal aid for. Um, so we would tend not to do family law cases, for example, because you can go to the the legal aid board um, for that. If people obviously if people can afford a private solicitor, well then we would advise them to go to a, a, a private solicitor. Um, but often people aren't. Um, so there 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 are big cracks that people can can fall down into in terms of accessing justice. Um, we're not able to. You know, we're, we're certainly not in a position to um, act. For everybody that comes in, that comes in the in 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 the door, um, we tend to to look first of all if the, if if there's an urgent case, um, so we we we'll deal with that. Um, so, for example, um, I've had um, you know recently enough, um, and um, despite the, the the COVID as well, you'll have people getting in touch with us saying, "I've just been locked out of my home." Um, what can I? What can I do? Uh, by, by the council, by, for example. Uh, well, yeah, well, there was a yeah. D- um, the the local authority. Not going to mention any particular local authorities here, um, but um, yeah, the local the, can be the can be the local authority. I let it that. I let yeah, it that bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, it can be the local. It can be the local authority. Um, you you might get a call from from somebody to say, well, look, um, the you know the the I've come back. The doors are the doors have been locked and the place has been boarded up. That's happened several times um, over the past twelve months, even even during uh, during COVID. Um, you know what can I do? So generally, it's sorted out with a with a very stern letter to the to the the, the landlord or the local authority. Um, but I had a land. I had a a, a a tenant phone me about three months ago, 
an elderly man. Uh, he was having um, some difficulty with his, his private landlord. Um, he said, the landlord wants me out. I said, well, he can't get you out. Well, why does he want you? How long are you there? He told us he was there five, six years. Said, well, he can't get you out. Um, he, uh, he said, well, he is. He's, 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 he's hassling me. He wants, he, he wants me out. And during the conversation, the landlord came into his house, into his, into his flat. While you were on the phone? While we were on the phone and came into the bedroom where the man was making the phone call. And I could hear the landlord in the background. So I said, put me on loudspeaker. I'm going to talk to that man. Yeah. I said who I was. And, and um, there was no reply at the far end. I said, where? where? He, said, he ran out. Right. Harassment. Uh, Harassment. He ran out. He ran out. So um, let's just say there was a pretty strong, <laughs> very strong letter that went after that. Um, and the chap hasn't had any difficulty uh, since then but that's the sort of you you wouldn't think it but that's the sort of thing and this is in the middle of a, of a covid crisis yeah yeah uh, that's, that's the sort of thing you look at but it, it, it's not all you know there there there's there's there are obviously big cases and important cases in terms of housing but it's not all it's not all the big things um consumer you know i, I had i had um i have had this happen a few times where elderly people have been targeted by internet service providers and have been sold these big packages, bundles or whatever they're called, uh, where they get their, their internet and their telephone and their TV and all that. And these are people that, that may not have ever interacted with the internet before in yeah. their lives. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have computers. They wouldn't have, yeah, they, they, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't know what an email is. Um, and uh, yet they're, they've signed up to 130, 120 or 130 quid a, a month. And the, the first they know of it is when they've no money left in their bank account. Yeah. You know, the, you know these, whilst maybe to you or I, that might say, oh, you know, being sold a, a, a package and whatever, and then we're able to do it. But, but to have, you know, to, to have this happen to somebody that's on relatively small money, to suddenly discover that their money was being taken out of their account, then not to have money to be able to pay their rent because of that, it has knock-on effects. Sure. So you know, so even even what would be considered smaller things that you know, they are not going to be in a position to go to a private solicitor and to deal with it. Some of the um, I remember one one um, person in particular had tried to deal with it themselves. Um, and we did a GDPR, put in a GDPR uh, data protection request, and we got 30 hours of telephone calls between this elderly person and the service provider, wow. uh, the, the internet service provider. I mean, it, 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 couldn't make, it couldn't have made any sense for the internet service provider to be, to be doing this. But, you know, and you know, in some cases, they, they, the... the the person at the other end were, were was sort of smirking and laughing yeah. at this older person, and it was it it, it was the biggest stressor yeah. in this person's life. Yeah, that this that this this was going on, and they were billing this person for thousands of euro. Right. Um. And and um. You know, you're talking about an elderly person, late seventies. 
No, it's so th th these are these are the sort of these are the sort of clients, very very vulnerable clients that we would be dealing with. Otherwise, they w they wouldn't have any access to, to to justice. Yeah, and you're just making a real difference on a day to day basis with these people. Um, yeah, but that's it. You're 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 you know you're trying to you're 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 trying you're you know to do that. Um, as I said before, people a lot of times people just want to be listened to. You know, they they might have a the particular particular issue. Um, it it might they might well have a have a have a legal a legal case, but they'll say, look, you're 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 the first um, you're you're the first person that that's actually listened to to this situation from beginning to end. I've gone A B C wherever, um, and you might be able to identify some some legal issue that might crop up um, in 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 relation to that. Um, so um, you know. Issues before in terms of the the housing list, for example, yeah, um, and people being you know, the local authority being on notice of people moving from from one rented accommodation to another rented accommodation, yet sending in um, the renewal application for your place on the housing list to an address where they know the person has left. And then that person being removed from the housing list as a result of that, and said, "Oh, yeah, instead of you being officially ten years on that housing list, uh, yeah, you know, you're now only you're six, the, the, six the, months on the, it, you yeah, know, because yeah, you're the, back in the bottom rung of the ladder." Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, and and that has only been and and the local authority will try and justify that, but then you'll go and you'll get the the you know, the data protection. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that this this immediate local authority that we're in here now because I've had, queries, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had queries from, from in relation to other local yeah, authorities. But I can only imagine the stress that would cause people who cause people who are waiting for God years and years and years in many cases. Yeah, or people that have that have actually become homeless as a, as a as a as a result of it, um, and people that are that are now going to. Um, you know, we, we there has been an improvement in terms of the of of the homeless situation. Certainly, over the as from what I can see, and this is anecdotally over the over the past several months, uh, in uh, during this this COVID um, crisis, we we aren't getting the anywhere near the levels of calls that we had been getting uh, prior to that. Um, but we've had dealt with situations for for families that have been put into hotels. Um, in some cases, have have spent three years. And when I say families, typically, um, they're single mothers, and typically they might have two or three children. Yeah. Um, and typically, um, maybe one of those children may have a, a disability. Disability. Yeah. Um, and they're in one bedroom, uh, hotel rooms, with a list given a list of rules about what they can do and what they can't do. Um, so you can't have your children in the corridor. You have to, you know, you have to come and come and go quietly. You can't cook. No, fair enough. But you can't. You can't cook. But we're not going to provide you with any cooking facilities. Um, now, hotels aren't set up um, to deal with with social housing issues. Um, so it's not, you know, the, the you know the, the blame can't be entirely upon. The hotel that that that's providing a a room, um, because that's not that's not their 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 function uh, is not is not to provide social housing, and um, but we have situations where that's happened, but we've also had situations because of the lack of training in terms of 
um, of ho- of hotel staff where we've had people abusing their position, uh, hotel staff abusing their uh, abusing their position, um, and and basically people uh, as a result of that having to you know um, basically been having their 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 room terminated in the hotel and and and, and ending up uh, in a in a hostel or a B and B with their with their children. Um, so, uh, what's to be gained by the member of staff there, though? I mean, when you say, I, 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 yeah. I, 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 honestly don't, I don't know. Um, it's it's be it's beyond it's beyond me. There was nothing asked. I mean, the particular case that I'm thinking of, um, there was the, there was nothing asked of the of the um, the social welfare. Uh, recipient the, the housing the, the the person that was being housed um but they i they, they had asked the i think they had, they had just asked for additional towels on a, on on a number of occasions and that's what it was down to and okay. and then there was an attitude well well you're causing me no, hassle you're, you're, yeah yeah you're yeah. you're not a paying guest and yeah. and um you know there was just a, an attitudinal sure. problem there discriminate i mean i don't know why people discriminate <laughs> against people yeah. on on the basis of 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 race or on the basis of i, I, I really don't know but it, it was clear that this person was discriminated against yeah. um and um uh, but as a result of that that the person on the staff actually threatened to have the person removed from the from the hotel, um, and the person was given forty eight hours to have her herself herself and her and her kids out of the out of the hotel, ended up in a in a in a, in a hostel, um, with you know with in in a in a very difficult situation, um, so um, so in 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 that case, I mean, we 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 took a. Um, a, a, a discrimination case in relation to that against the hotel against the against the particular hotel workplace relations commission um so the matter the, the matter was settled it was a good result at the end of the day how long, for how the, long does it take to for, resolve for, something for, like for that well that's another that's another difficulty yeah. it's taking longer far longer to process a um a discrimination case down in the in the wrc that so that case actually from start to finish took about 10 months um, it's not much use when you've maybe, nowhere to go, maybe, is it? Maybe eleven months, um, and um, well, no, I mean it's not. It, it's not exactly speedy access to justice, you know. Um, but um, uh, but there is no right to housing, for example, in 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 Ireland. You know, yeah. there are certain obligations that a local authority has to uh, you know has to comply with. Um, but and it has to have a, a, a scheme of how it's going to allocate um, housing, but there's no actual right to social housing in, in Ireland. So you know we, we we can't we 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 can't action a case on the basis that 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 somebody hasn't been given a house, um, and so that's a major difficulty as well, and it's and, and it's a frustration. There 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 should be a right to to, to social housing, um, but. But there isn't. Yeah. There should be a legal right to it. And do you think that that level of or that type of discrimination exists among, for example, housing staff? Have you come across that where somebody struck off a list because they might have irritated that person? Or does that exist? Uh, that similar type of thing in that you've experienced in the hotel 
Okay, I, okay. An- anecdotally, um, and again, I'm not talk- talking about any particular local yeah. authority uh, here. Broadly speaking. But um, broadly speaking, um, we've had situations which have happened on more than, a num- more than one occasion um, where people have said that they've been, they, they've had mental health issues. Um, they wanted to interact with the local authority in relation to that. They go to the public office, um, and they're trying to explain their 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 situation. They will look, you know, I don't want to talk about this in public. Um, they're then brought into a into into a, another room with maybe another member of staff present there. Um, so two members of staff, and maybe. No, they're uh, just uh, not treated in the way that they they should be treated uh, in, um, and uh, I've had uh, I've had people that have come to me that have said so. This is not just one person. This is I've I've had um, a number of people come to me saying that you know almost that they were deliberately agitated, <laughs> and and then they were barred from going back into that state agency yeah um so does it happen yes it does is there a need for more education and awareness and training of people absolutely yeah there there there, there is and there there is work being being done um and i know dublin city council um have for example have uh, engaged with the with the the disability federation of ireland um uh, dublin city council have disability um awareness training but it needs to with with local authority i think it needs to be more widespread i think it needs to be mandatory i think every everybody should be should should be trained in in disability awareness and how to deal and how to deal with uh with uh, with people um so i i I chair mental health tribunals as well it's um with, with 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 another hat and quite often you know, you're, you can you can sort of see maybe a, a, a how a slow deterioration in in the person and 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 how that hasn't been picked up um, along the way because they would have been interacting with various with 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 various state agencies, but the state agencies themselves and their interactions with them can actually be stressors that can actually end up exacerbating sure. their 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 mental health um, situation. Um, so so. I'm, Come across that, you know, both in my role as, as chair of mental health tribunals, but also um, in your role very here. very yeah. much in 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 my role here. So there's that awareness, there's that training, there's that there's that need um, for 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 people to to you know to, I mean, there's there's great people in the system. There there'll always of course be. if you put on a disability awareness training you're, and and it's not mandatory. You, you you tend to get the people that are already <laughs> have already bought into it that are the ones that'll that'll come along and yeah. and, and they so w- w- one of the one of the other areas that 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 we would have been involved in I would have been involved with in over the years is taking cases in relation to access to transport um and um you know having to give the the dart for example if you if you're a person with a disability and you have access uh, mobility um difficulties Having to give the the the, the dart twenty four hours notice, 
which is crazy. that you want to do it. It, it. it is great, but it's even crazier when when you go to this, the station and you haven't given your 24 hours notice, um, you, you find that there's nobody there to assist you onto the train. Or nearly even worse, you, you, you get in, but when you're coming back, there's nobody at the station and you have to go on to the next station or somewhere else. And you, So your, your journey that should take you an hour, um, you can't do anything spontaneous. Yeah. Um, and the journey that should, should have taken you an hour has ended up maybe taking you 10 hours or, or, or longer. So, um, so we've had, yeah, we've taken on cases around, uh, around access to, uh, to, to transport um, as well. And, um, Where did that come? What, what was your, I suppose, your reason to do? What, what, what drove you into that area? Where did well, that passion for that come from? Well, I mean, uh, when I was in college, um, a, a, a friend, uh, just one thing that sort of clicked with me, if, um, a friend of mine was, was uh, she was a law student in, in uh, Trinity. Um, and we went, we, we, were, we were going out to um, uh, some Trinity social evening or something. And I, um, I, I went um, and went around to the, the, the halls of residence where, where, where she lived. Um, went in and she was getting ready and all that. We're having a bit of uh, a bit of crack, um, talking about the, the, you know, the the event and there was you know that that was going to happen. A bit of, it was on in a, in, a, in a nightclub on on, on Nassau Street, um, and um, then we went out. We 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 went down um, and she was a wheelchair user. Um, we got up to the now this is back in the late eighties, you know, but we got up to the the the, the door of the the premises. And uh, the bouncer wouldn't uh, wouldn't talk to to her. So it looked at me and said, "Look, oh, she can't, she can't come in here." I said, "You're joking." And I said, well, "Why are you telling me? Don't well, tell her." Um, and um, so oh, she can't come in here, health and safety reasons. She can't come in. And I said, "Look, we're just, we carry the the wheelchair down. There's only about three steps down, and there there isn't a there shouldn't be a problem." I said, "No." Um, so. So she was saying, "Look, don't we won't be making any See, any you know fuss I mean. at whatever." Um, but but then I was, you know, chatting to her then, uh, and 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 she was coming up against that sort of discrimination all right. the time. Right. I mean, it's just so unfair. I mean, why couldn't? I mean, she would. She was looking forward to that particular. And and you know, I've I've had incidents. I mean, so many uh, over over the years. But you know, disability shouldn't shouldn't be seen as as something intrinsic to the person disability should be it is really about barriers that society put up to prevent people from from participating in society um so if if i'm a wheelchair user and i can't access your building because you have three steps in your building it's not my fault because i'm a wheelchair user it's your fault because you haven't got a ramp yeah to enable me to access your building mm. and to 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 get out of your building if there is a fire or whatever you know that's that's the way it, that that's the way disability should be viewed. Um, so society, it, it's society that puts up barriers to prevent that prevents people from participating um, in in society. And for years in Ireland, we still do. We warehouse people with disabilities. We put them away. There's as we as we speak, um, there are many young people with disabilities. Who are in nursing homes? I mean, why? I mean, 
people can be enabled to live in the community. They should be uh, lived in the community, be able to live in the community. I've I've acted in a number of cases where young people have have been stuck into a nursing home in ca- in in some cases maybe for a decade or longer. Wow, that's just on the base on on the base on on the basis that they're they're not going to be provided. Uh, um, I'd, I'd a really a really sad uh, sad case a few years ago, where somebody who had been living in the community all his life went in for a procedure uh, in hospital, and this is a young man, he's 40, 40, went in for a procedure in hospital. Uh, as a result of the procedure, it lasted about th- three weeks. Had to recover in, in hospital. As a result of the pr- uh, procedure, would have needed, um, I think, it was about three or four hours more in terms of personal assistance services. But whilst in hospital, the personal assistance services were actually taken away from him. And he was told he'd have to go into a nursing home. Um, so he stayed in, a, in the... Com- he was transferred then to a community. He was in a regional hospital. He was transferred into a community hospital. He stayed in that community hospital for... Fair play to him. Great guy. Stayed in that community hospital for nearly three years before I, I he when I first came across him, he was in that community hospital for about eighteen months. It still took us almost over a year to get him the services, to get him in, to, to get the hate the the, the, the the HSE, but but to get to get the services to enable him to live in the community. He lives he lives in the community now. He's yeah. you know he's there. He at the community the 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 services were were provided. It, it's really really hard to to you know. To the, the judicial review is a really hard barrier to get over, and you have three months from the from from the date of the decision. So there's all sorts of uh, issues around it. But but we we made as best a case we can, and ultimately the the the, the service buckled at that stage and and gave him and and and, uh, and, and gave him the services to enable him to to live in the community. Um, but. But these are real cases. They're, they're real. There's two thousand people with disabilities currently in institutions in 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 Ireland, uh, and nine years ago there was um, a, a report um, on congregated settings to basically to decongregate these congregated uh, settings um, to enable people to live in in the community. There were three thousand at that point. There's still two thousand now. Uh, some of them have died as well in in in, in the meantime. Um, so. Um, so where you've got the the housing the housing the nursing home support scheme, which is known as fair, commonly known as fair deal, you have that on a statutory basis. You don't have um, community support like personal assistance services, home care. You don't have that on a on a statutory basis. The money is going to follow follow the statute. The money is going to follow the legislation. Um, it's not going to follow the non-statutory schemes. Um, so that's why you have people. That maybe are on fifteen or twenty hours a week, uh, personal assistance services, being directed into the into the nursing home section, because they there there isn't the money there in the disability side of it to pay for the additional hours, um, and I was very disappointed that there was only four four point seven million additional hours. But that 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 gets us back to threading water again. And there was a big fanfare recently um, by government saying that they've that they, they'll. They were going to increase them and all that, but it hasn't. With Leo Varadkar, the, th- the then Taoiseach, saying during the height of the pandemic that we have to look at, at changing the model 
of how we look after our, our older people and people with disabilities by not part putting them in nursing homes, but by enabling them to live in the community. But I, I, I haven't seen that happen yet. Yeah. Mm. You know, we, would we have had the thousand people dying of COVID if if many of those were were, were enabled to to to, to live to live to at live home. alone live at home um you know i i i don't know i mean i think the, the a proper review um should be should be carried out uh, into that and why why yeah. were there why why were there there were a thousand people a thousand yeah. people that have have died in nursing homes don't get me started on that in terms of the no. way they, they handled that was you know but i mean that's a, that's a national disgrace yet 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 you know we, as a nation we seem to be patting ourselves on the back and saying that we've done very well in this covid crisis you know tell that to the the 1800 people that 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 that, that have died um uh, you know if you look at international figures and, and they say they don't do that but i mean we there's a very high percentage of of in terms of of pro rata in terms of our population here, we're, we're, we're way up. I think we're about 20th or, or, or thereabouts in, in the world in terms of the amount of people that have, that have died here in, uh, from, from COVID-19. Um, um, so, um, so I think if, if, if any lesson is to be learned out of this, it, it should be we shouldn't be congregating our older people, our warehousing, our older people and our people with disabilities in settings where they can't you know, live life um, you know, and um, somebody once described um, the personal assistance services to me as, uh, you know, with without personal assistance services, I'm effectively a prisoner in my own home. Um, you know, so that's. Um, Do you think the new act of it, whenever it's enacted, will will, you know, will that have an impact in terms of the numbers? Well, I. I, I well, I mean, the money money will 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 follow legislation. So we need to have we need to have um, the home care personal assistance services legislated, and I think that will that that will change. Um, the which is very very welcome. Um, there is there's now a minister. There's a senior minister, uh, Roderick O'Gorman, who is charged with uh, with disability. Uh, and he has a junior minister, Anne Rabbit, who has disability as well. The, the, the vote or the money is coming from um, the Department of Health and it's going to be transferred into this new uh, department uh, in terms of disability. And unfortunately, that's not going to kick in this time around. So it's going to be delayed for, 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 for a year. Um, and the powers are going to be transferred over, I understand, from justice and from health into this new um, um, department. Um, by the end of by the end of this year, so I think I think that is very hopeful. Um, the soundings that we're getting from uh, we had I, I I've just finished up chairing the Disability Federation of Ireland, um, and we had um, both Minister O'Gorman and Minister Rabbit uh, address us at our at our um, AGM um, about two two or three weeks ago, um, and certainly the soundings coming from them were, were very encouraging. Um, so. Um, Ireland was one of the last countries to ratify the United Nations Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities. Uh, we ratified it two years ago, um, 12 years after we, we, si we signed it. Um, and we had, I think we were the 177th country to, 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 to ratify it. But there was a, there's a thing there called the Optional Protocol, which attaches to that convention. Um, and that 
that basically enables individuals to take individual complaints where the state has failed in their duties under the under the convention but ireland hasn't ratified that convention and the convention is really just about saying look we're 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 it's repeating the law that's already there um policies that are already there um, and just really just it, it's about removing barriers for people to 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 enable people to live in the community that's what it's about the government are saying yes we're we're, we're going to adhere to that but we're not going to give you the power <laughs> Right. to to make uh, make complaints um, uh, against it and I, I think i think if if that's the attitude from the from the from the top level then that's quite disappointing but what is encouraging is is the fact that i know that we have um a a, a minister a senior minister for for disability and we we will have an Oireachtas uh, committee as well in in uh, on on disability, and that is that is very encouraging as well. So I think I think things are beginning to shift, but it's 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 a slow shift, and I really hope that it's going to be properly and adequately resourced. Okay, with the new department, it sounds like it's been prioritised more than it would have traditionally been. It, it is. Yet I was very disappointed to see in the in the the program for the legislative program for uh, autumn. Uh, the disability miscellaneous services bill uh, hasn't been prior, prior, prioritised, um, and that is a key um, element in our um, realisation of our rights under the um, UN Convention on the Rights of People with with Disabilities. So, um, yeah, so it's a bit mixed to tell yeah. to tell you the truth, Park. It's um, it's a difficult it's a it's a it, it's a difficult road that we're going that we're going um, along. Um, and as a as a nation, I, I, we're, we're we're not doing enough, and we're not doing enough to assist. And let, let you know, let's face it, any one of us can acquire a disability at any time. At any time, or our family members can acquire a disability at any time. So it's in all our interests to ensure that people with disabilities are properly are properly supported and can contribute then to society. Yeah. I mean, I know people that have that that that, that have up to 100 hours personal assistance services uh, a, a week that have that would have severe mobility di- uh, difficulties but that have a job, pay taxes, have families. And they do that because they're contributing you know in a way that they want to contribute but in a meaningful economic way. Yeah. contributing to society and economically it doesn't make sense to warehouse people or not to provide people with um, with with proper resources um so you know I, I there's a lot there's a lot that we can do there's a lot more that we can do it can be frustrating as a as a lawyer because we don't have the law uh, in a lot of cases to um to to go after uh, the state but it really shouldn't be it shouldn't be about that. It should yeah. be about about changing the way people look at things and by the way, changing the way people look at disability, the way the way the Irish society looks at disability. We had the highest rate of people um, incarcerated in the sixties and seventies in um, mental health institutions than than any other country. Um, why is that? Just the attitude. Just just wh- why why was that? Um, yeah, and why has why has that attitude um, not changed? I think it is yeah. beginning to change. By yeah. the way, I think that, I think that there are, there are green shoots there, and, and things are happening. Um, but is it happening because of our international obligations? 
is it is it happening? A lot of social progression in Ireland has resulted through international pressure, basically, on us. I mean, you look at the employment um, legislation, for example, uh, which is where a lot of our equality legislation comes from. And, you know, these were these were enacted as a result of Europe, you know, our European, yeah. as, as when we when we joined the European Union back in, in the, the, the EEC as it was then back in 73. Um, we had to, we obviously had to change our laws to accommodate European laws. And um, so the, the, the drivers seem to be externally, you know, a, a, an awful lot of the time. Yeah. When we talk, come, come in, when you talk about, Social progression, yeah, uh, in 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 Ireland, and you come across people. I mean, I I, both in my job as, as um, solicitor and then uh, CEO of the Centre for Independent Living, um, and also in terms of the Disability Federation of Ireland, and in my my job in here in in Ballymun, you're coming across people that are vulnerable. You're you're coming across people that, that 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 are being disempowered. By the state, yeah. Whereas the state should be supporting its citizens. Um, in 2012, um, the the government, the then the then government, in, it was in August, was towards the end of August, the then government, um, and James Riley was the minister for health at the time, decided at the stroke of a pen to basically cut the personal assistance budget for the rest of the year by 10 million. Personal assistance service budget that year for people with disabilities of 40 million. So effectively, they were going to take personal assistance services away at the stroke of a pen from for the rest of the for for the, for the rest of that year. Yeah. Um, and um, I I was one of them, but we, we went out. We pro- we protested outside government uh, government buildings. Uh, people with disabilities slept overnight outside government buildings. Uh, to ensure that 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 didn't happen, um, the that was reversed, it, wasn't it? It was reversed. Yeah. It was reversed. One of the very few decisions of government that was that was reversed. Government blamed the opening line on their press release. I think it was the twenty eighth of, of August, uh, twenty twelve. Their opening line on that they blamed the troika. The troika, if you remember, <laughs> were in bailing us out, um, and they blamed the troika on these cuts. The Troika subsequently um, asked, the, the invited myself and um, and Michael McCabe, who's the the, 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 then, the the then chairperson of the Centre for Independent Living, uh, to meet with them um, after after that, uh, and uh, and we we did we we, we went in and um, uh, we went into Molesworth Street there, and it was the chap who was based in the European Commission, but but he. But we, we, we spoke with we spoke with them, and they they, they said no, this wasn't us. Yeah. this wasn't us. This was this was this was being used by by government yeah. as an excuse timing. as an excuse to 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 to, to cut services. Um, of course, it was a, it was all two or three days later they announced it was all a terrible misunderstanding and a terrible mistake, and that's not what they meant at all, and um, and and that it was reversed. But it it it, it took the sight of. Um, 250, 300 people, um, wheelchair users, uh, people with disabilities uh, outside uh, government buildings yeah. uh, and having to sleep overnight uh, outside there took that uh, for government to reverse the decision because they weren't listening to people. You know, why, 
why, why don't the decision makers not listen in a meaningful way to the people that, whose decisions they're, 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 they're making, whose lives they're going to be affecting? Gary, it must have felt good when that decision was overturned. It it reversed. did. We, we, well, we went. We we met. We met with um, with uh, Enda Kenny. Um, I was the the then Taoiseach. Um, we had we 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 were looking. We we looked for. We sought and got a letter, um, of comfort. I suppose uh, in in relation to it, because initially they came out and they said, "Oh yeah, we'll." You know, we'll sort you out, don't worry, and all that. Um, but we said, no, we want that in writing. Uh, so it took two days. Um, and the, 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 the late um, Martin Nocton, um, who was a, a, a fantastic disability um, activist, um, was effectively the, 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 the leader uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, of that uh, protest. And... and um, Martin held out for 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 the letter, um, and he was right. Yeah, you know he, and it's because trust had broken down so much uh, between government and people with disabilities that people with disabilities wouldn't move on, wouldn't move away from from um, Marion Square um, until um, they got that in in in, in writing. Um, that the decision was 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 reversed. Um, as somebody said to me, um, the government have just taken my arms and legs away from me. What a moment! Yeah. What a moment! Really, yeah. Okay, Gary. Well, I want to have a shout out to your colleague Eamon Carney, who put us in touch. Thanks, Eamon, for doing that. And when he sent me on your details, I don't know if you saw this, but. He, he, he gave you a great testimonial and he finished off by saying not all heroes wear capes. So <laughs> I think you definitely fall under, under that umbrella. So thanks a million for joining me on, on the Legal Lunch. We wish you and your colleagues here the very best in Ballymun for the future. Thanks, uh, thanks very much, uh, Parag. Thanks very much for coming out here um, and for, for highlighting uh, the work that we do here um, and raising uh, awareness. Um, and uh, Eamon who? Eamon Carney? I don't, I don't seem to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>